0: For today's episode, we had put a post on social media asking our audience to share their anonymous, toxic workplace stories and situations that they have been in. We were overwhelmed with submissions from you. We are truly very grateful for you sending them in. We're sorry that you went through these situations that you shared with us. However, please know your bravery helped structure this episode and it helped us gather insight into the topics that we're going to share with you today. Welcome to Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. I'm your host, Melanie, alongside the founders of VP Workforce Solutions, Carrie and Kelly.
1: We're not just talking about resumes and boardrooms. We're exploring the heart of what makes a workplace thrive. Expect real stories, expert interviews, and practical tips that can transform your approach to staffing and career development.
2: We'll be your guides today through the dynamic landscape of staffing and recruiting, DEI&B, talent acquisition, retention, and everything in between. Get ready to elevate your work. Workforce solutions and go beyond the border with us. This is Higher Expectations. Let's get started.
0: Hi, everyone. Melanie here. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode is a good one. We are talking toxic workplaces. Is your workplace toxic or not? How can you tell? What are some less obvious signs that you're in a toxic workplace environment? This is a tough situation to be in. More than likely, you have been in that situation. I know I have. Um, So today we're going to explore with Carrie and Kelly some signs that might indicate a toxic work environment. And then on the flip side, some instances where situations might appear negative, but they don't necessarily signify toxicity.
2: Okay, Kelly, Carrie, take it away. All right. Thanks, Melanie, and welcome, everybody. Today we are talking about, you know, a serious topic, and we're talking about work environments that are not so healthy, and how you can keep an eye out for signs that may indicate that maybe this isn't the best place to work. It is a tough situation to be in. We do recognize this, and we can definitely empathize. Uh, with you. As recruiters with combination of 30 years experience, the number of years of getting the inside scoop about different workforces, we've unfortunately seen it all. Okay, so first, we're going to talk about three significant signs that could indicate that it's a toxic work environment. So the first one that we want to touch upon is persistent and unaddressed conflicts amongst colleagues. So in a, in a toxic workplace, conflict amongst colleagues may become a chronic issue. Um, this isn't just about occasional disagreements, but rather a pattern of ongoing disputes that remain unresolved. And the persistence of the conflict can contribute to a tense and stressful atmosphere if it's not dealt with from upper management. And this impacts teamwork. It impacts collaboration and overall job satisfaction. This may also suggest deeper organizational issues such as poor conflict resolution mechanisms, um, inadequate communication, or a lack of support work culture. So when we are talking
1: about environments that are not so healthy, right, and how you can keep an eye out, this is probably what I have found over the years as one of the most, I guess, Easily identifiable ones, right? Maybe there's some occasional disagreement and that's maybe where it starts off. But then you start to see a pattern with someone that becomes ongoing. And it could be just that that's who they are, where they are. It could be just, they're just not happy in their job. So those are things that we are going to want to find out a little bit later on. But this is probably one that I'm sure all of you have seen and been through. Hopefully not but able to identify. So Kelly is going to go on now just to talk a little bit about the lack of transparency or communication now, maybe from management.
2: Unfortunately, Carrie, I think this is a, a common thread in a lot of workplaces, transparency and uh, effective communication for management. It is critical for a healthy work environment. And when there is a lack of openness about companies' decisions, goals, or even changes. It can breed uncertainty and distrust amongst the employees. A toxic workplace often features a communication breakdown, and that's why employees feel uninformed about important matters. So with that, this can lead to um, uneasiness, mm-hmm. being unsettled, rumors, speculation, and um, and a detachment from the company's direction, right? Yeah, I call this I call
1: this noise. You know, being in management before for many, many years, leading different teams and things like that. As a manager I would try to limit the noise for my employees. It doesn't mean that they didn't know what was going on because we were always very open, transparent, and seamless. But just to have them focus on what their job was in the day-to-day, sometimes it's good to kind of shut that noise out so the company can run or your division can run and things like that. You as a manager, maybe take that on yourself.
2: So a question on that with management, by shutting out the noise, are you shutting out the noise by informing like like you're putting a stop to the rumors, you're doing everything. So you're, you're informing your team of what's going on. So they're in the know. How do you shut out the noise? Well, just by limiting kind of the distraction,
1: any what I call noise, it could be gossip. It could be true fact. As we know, spreads like wildfire in, in different <laughs> offices. And by the time maybe they come out of that closed door meeting, we already know maybe what's going on. So it's just really like, okay, well, let's focus. It don't think we're going to talk about it. And again, depending, I guess, on the severity of it too, Mm -hmm. let's focus, we'll we'll break, we'll come together as a group, we'll have a discussion, you know, what are your thoughts, what are you feeling about this, that sort of stuff. Um, If it's truly like a big company move, a lot of the times, the big decision makers will, you know, put a stop to things and um, collaborate everybody, whether it's across the region, the country, that sort of thing, to kind of shut it down before people get too worried. And and I think that's my point. I don't want people to worry maybe that it's going to impact their job, what that looks like, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's just kind of shutting it down. And until like don't sweat the small stuff, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Control the controllables as well. Like if it's not impacting you or your book of business or what you're doing, then maybe we can just kind of continue to move on, but have a discussion about it after.
2: Okay. No. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, the the next topic that I want to do is a pervasive culture of fear or intimidation. So this one, unfor- like, unfortunately, it does happen. And the reason why I'm saying that it does happen is because over the years of having uh, great interviews with candidates that we've worked with. Every time when we ask, can't you know why did you leave this place or why did you leave that place? Unfortunately, I've seen too many times that the, their management or the, or whomever or it could be a colleague or so forth um, didn't make them feel comfortable, didn't make them feel comfortable and they felt uneasy, right And that's how the, the culture was. It, was. it was fear or intimidation. So one of the most evident signs of a toxic workplace, is a pervasive culture of fear or intimidation. And this can manifest through bullying, harsh criticism, micromanagement, which is a big one I'm hearing, or a general atmosphere where employees are afraid to speak up or express their opinions. So fear-driven environments stifle, stifle creativity, innovation, and collaboration, Employees may become hesitant to share ideas, report problems, or address concerns, creating a toxic cycle that undermines both individual and collective well-being. Identifying these signs is crucial for individuals to assess the health of their work environment. Um, Persistent and unaddressed conflict can erode the fabric of a team. Um, A lack of transparency for management can create a sense of distrust, and a culture of fear can have severe consequences for both the mental health of employees and the overall success of the organization. Recognizing these signs early allows employees to make informed decisions about their well-being and take steps to address or mitigate the toxic elements in their workplace. I came from an environment
1: like this and truthfully I'm going to be like totally transparent. I didn't think it was toxic because I didn't know any better. Right? I didn't uh-huh. know any better but it was a very micro managed company that And because of my personality, I just did what I was told. You told me to do this. I did it. I was successful at doing it. So for me, it wasn't necessarily toxic, but I didn't identify those signs until a lot later. And probably truthfully, 10 years later when I was in maybe – management, or I had a different higher up manager that came to me and asked me, what do you think? And I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, what do you mean? What do I think? For the last 10 years, I've been doing what you've told me to do to get my, you know, to meet my quotas and get my numbers and be successful. And there was a shift. So I think that there were a lot of companies that maybe were like, and this is even like pre, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. have shifted a lot of their ways to recognize that. This is toxic and isn't a great way to motivate
0: people. Oh, man. Okay. Just going through past roles that I've held, taking off every point that you've made, Kel. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. And on the flip side, not every challenging situation that you're experiencing at work necessarily equates to toxicity. Is this right? Absolutely. Absolutely. High pressure
1: situations, occasionally disagreements, and especially for a lot of people don't like conflict, right? They don't like to to get um, even sometimes constructive feedback or anything like that. So these are high pressure situations for them. So these occasional disagreements, stressful periods at work might Mm -hmm. not necessarily signify a toxic workplace. So it's really essential to distinguish between what are challenging moments and then signs of consistent toxic patterns. So if we think about just high pressure situations in general, whatever your background is, right? In any work environment, there's bound to be moments of high pressure, right? Deadlines, oh, sure. urgent projects, unexpected mm-hmm. challenges can create stressful situations for individuals as well as, right, your teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But experience occasional high pressure situations It's normal. It's a normal part of working life. Um, it's a no- normal part of life life, right? Like relationship (laughs) life. And I think about like my kids and stuff like life life, but it doesn't necessarily indicate a toxic workplace. It could simply just be a result of the nature of the job or specific projects. So another thing that we want to consider when we're looking at challenging moments versus signs of consistent toxic patterns is Looking at disagreements, right? Disagreements are a natural part of human interaction, especially in a professional setting where there's lots of different opinions and perspectives that come into play. Occasional disagreements can really lead to healthy discussions, right? As well as innovative solutions. I even think about whether it's your internal teams or even if you are, you know, doing negotiations or anything like that, I would always say a negotiation um, is, is never necessarily a bad thing because someone wants to talk about it, right? So they do not ad- automatically categorize the workplace as toxic, but rather it highlights the diversity of thought within the team. There can be times, though, where there are stressful periods at work and periods of increased stress may arise, right, due to various factors such as organizational changes, restructuring, or external pressures. And these can, you know, therefore affect the overall work atmosphere temporarily. So let me underline temporarily, okay? Experience stress during certain periods is not uncommon and it doesn't necessarily imply a toxic environment. So experiencing stress during certain periods is really not uncommon, right? And it doesn't necessarily imply that it's a toxic environment. It might just be a reaction to specific challenges that the organization is facing at that time. The key though is to really differentiate between isolated incidents or temporary challenges and consistent toxic patterns in the workplace.
2: So, Kara, are you able to give us some examples of this? Well, for sure. Like, if you think about it,
1: toxicity is characterized by persistent, and I'll underline bold and italicize that, persistent (laughs) negative behaviors, such as bullying, harassment, discrimination, or pervasive culture of fear and hostility but if the negative aspects are re- that are recurring affecting the well-being and performance of employees over the long term it could be indicative of a toxic work environment
2: yeah no absolutely and it's very important to be able to differentiate differentiate pardon me between the two care um Another indicator uh, of a toxic work environment, we're going to go on to um, employee well-being and support. So an indicator of of a toxic environment is when employee well-being is consistently disregarded or unsupported. And this is an important one. So what this can look like is ignoring mental health needs, overworking employees without proper support, or even failing to provide avenues for professional development and growth. So, um, ignoring or joking about mental health needs—I want to talk about this.
1: Especially coming off of—sorry, especially coming off of—you know, Mental Health Mm -hmm. Day. Bell, let's talk. Yesterday, Mm -hmm. which was January Mm -hmm. twenty-fourth, I think that this is something that we all do very well. From a let's celebrate that day, but I know us as a team, even when we were posting things on our social media, want to make sure that this isn't the only time that we're talking about it. Right? right. That it's a continuous conversation, and then it's okay to talk. About it.
2: Yes. So something too, and thanks care for saying that is we we're always constantly checking in on each other, right? Whether it's each other, how, you know, how's family, we are lucky that we have the relationship amongst our team um, where we're comfortable. We've developed that relationship where we're comfortable with each other and we're able to check in on one another, which is really, really important. Again, a toxic work environment or even toxic management often um exhibits a lack of sensitivity towards mental health concerns and ignoring or making jokes about mental health needs not only undermines the seriousness of these issues but also creates an atmosphere where employees may hesitate to seek help or openly discuss their well-being this also creates an atmosphere if management is doing it that it's allowed it's allowed in the office which is not okay It it sends,
1: I want to say an underlying message, but a very loud, capitalized and bolded
2: message that Mm -hmm. it is okay. So um, this behavior can contribute to a culture of stigma surrounding mental health, um, discourage employees from addressing their concerns, and potentially making things worse uh, in the long run. So... Another point, too, is overworking your employees without proper support. Now, overworking employees without adequate support is a clear sign of toxic work environment. And this can manifest in unrealistic expectations, unreasonable deadlines, or a constant pressure to work long hours. And without proper support systems, such as reasonable workloads, clear communication, and resources to manage tasks efficiently, employees may experience burnout increased stress levels, and a decline in overall well-being. So not only, like, let's look, let's look at what happened, COVID. People are working from home. The world's shutting down. Everyone's stress level was at an all-time high. And if you don't have the support of your manager or your management team, that makes everything heightened, more heightened, about how you're feeling it could affect your mental health. Um, it can affect your physical, like physical ailments. Just stress levels can cause physical ailments too, right? So it's important that if you're not getting that support from your management, just to please recognize these signs of what's going on. Okay. Um, also too, uh, failing to provide avenues for professional development and growth. So um, a, a workplace, that is toxic may limit the opportunities for employees to enhance their skills and advance in their careers. Now, 10 out of 10 times when I am interviewing candidates, what are they looking for? Growth. Growth is always whether it's growth within their current position so they can learn more about their current position or growth within the company. It's always growth. And when you have management or, or a company that is not helping all of your or all of your team to be able to advance or grow in some perspective or in some point that's not conducive to a very healthy environment so professional development and growth it's it's vital for employee engagement and job satisfaction and failing to provide avenues for learning um, and advancement not only hampers individual progress, but also impacts the overall morale and productivity of the team. That's huge. So I'm going to jump in here just for a quick second because
1: maybe off the hop, someone might not think that failing to provide avenues for professional development growth could e- equate to toxicity, right? Like okay. if you actually think about those words, like, well, why? Why if someone's not going to support my You know, extra journey and getting a degree or something. Why why is that toxic, or or why? And it's not about that. It's about Callie, what you were saying about not necessarily them feeling stagnant, but that and holding them back and not developing people, right? Mm -hmm. Which leads to that frustration, lack of motivation, which goes to something that. Their safety, mattering and belonging, and then if that does not all coincide,
2: then it becomes toxic in their mind. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, um, this this last piece that we were discussing: ignoring or joking about mental health needs contributes to a culture of silence and stigma. Overworking employees without proper support leads to burnout, and neglecting professional development stifles individual and collective growth. And recognizing and addressing these indicators is crucial for creating a positive and nurturing work environment that prioritizes the well-being and development of its employees.
1: Very insightful. A lot of takeaways uh, for me and I'm sure our audience, too. You know, though, sometimes despite some challenges Workcase can let workplaces let's flip this can foster a positive environment, and Mm -hmm. so a company actively addressing issues, promoting open communication, and providing resources to support employees during difficult times really demonstrates efforts to maintain a healthy workplace culture. So, how how can companies do that? What can they do? A company that actively addresses issues Mm -hmm. um, does that with a commitment to resolving challenges as they are rise, right? Like in real time, this involves so acknowledging and confronting problems rather than sweeping them under the rug. So proactive problem solving may involve implementing policies or procedures to prevent issues from recurring, conducting thorough investigations and taking decisive actions to really help rectify any existing problems. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I've seen a lot in my career, whether it's actively addressing issues or maybe on-the-spot coaching is another term for it. But just, you know, really kind of getting it when it happens so that, A, people are aware, people are in the moment, and then, um, again, so it's not swept under the rug, that you can kind of move on. You know, open communication is something that a lot of companies talk about. It really is fundamental to healthy workplace culture. It involves creating an environment where employees feel comfortable expressing their thoughts, as well as their concerns and ideas, without without fear of of reprimand, really. Uh Companies can do this by promoting open communication, by establishing clear channels for feedback, you know, encouraging regular team meetings. Um, maybe fostering a culture where constructive dialogue is valued. This this promotes transparency, which then helps build trust between employees as well as management. And I think this is something that we can look at, again, not just in the workplace, but kind of everywhere, right? And I think we're seeing a lot more than that since the pandemic. At least I see that those are things that um, in my career, you know, past and present that people are trying to do more of and you know even coming to us to say how do we do that in a small to medium-sized business how do we Mm -hmm. do that you know in a bigger company so open communication is is not going away right we also want to look at providing resources to support employees during difficult times Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and This can include what you were talking about earlier, like the mental health support, maybe counseling services, or flexible work arrangements. I know a lot of companies these days, from when I started in this business many, many years ago, have gone from maybe a structured even health and benefit package to more flexible package that you can use for certain different things that are pertinent to you. Whether it's you know medical dental, whether it's you know mental health stuff, massage, whatever it is, so that it's a lot more flexible. They also have you know um, health spending accounts or companies have what is called an EAP, an employee assistant program, where they offer discounts for you to go in and, you know, use different resources. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had to do that once and, you know, use a lawyer for a will of all things, right? Mm -hmm. And it just gives you satisfaction or comfort in knowing that those resources are there. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the times we're like, hopefully we don't have to use them. But when they're there, you know, they're, they're very welcomed. and then it really helps promote work-life balance, which I think a lot of our, you know, employers are are going for.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Karen. I'm going to touch on this too. Is uh, the the candidates that I've been talking to over the years, uh, when you ask just a simple question of what is it that you're looking for, and that's the number one thing, work-life balance. Well, what does that mean? So, I'm finding a huge shift. And what it, what the it's all relative of what the, the the compensation quote unquote package is for the candidates. So yes, of course there's salary because people need to survive. Yes, we understand that. But there's so much more that they're they're asking. In the sense that they're willing to take. Some are willing to take a lower salary for better benefits or benefits that even if it's tuition reimbursements or, or courses or whatever the case may be, or that that health spending that they have, uh, or these programs that you were just talking about, Carrie, I'm seeing a lot of that across the board, that that's what they're wanting more.
1: Well, and I think too, especially after the pandemic, when we kind of fast forwarded that, right mm-hmm. to hey we yeah. can do this turnover for my balance all that great stuff mm-hmm. which was good but at the same time um it, it's what's really important it's what's really important to people to your point mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. point first a company that actively works to maintain a healthy workplace culture really understands that this is an ongoing process right it's not just one thing that we put in effect but it involves continuous efforts to assess and improve the work environment Based on employee feedback. So let's think about that, right? And evolving needs, not just mm-hmm. on what they think, you know, like a new candy machine or something. Like it's really based on what are the employees asking for and what are the evolving needs of the organization and the people that are there, the new people that are coming in. Mm-hmm. So, efforts to maintain a healthy culture may include regular assessments of employee satisfaction. So are there, you know, employee engagement surveys, you know, and the implementation of policies that prioritize work-life balance, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So just to sum things up, right, because we've been talking a lot about some great things that our companies are doing. A company actively addresses issues, promotes open communication, and provides resources during difficult times, really reflects a commitment to cultivating a healthy workplace culture. So this commitment involves not only addressing immediate concerns, but also proactively creating an environment where employees feel supported, valued, and really able to contribute their best to the organization. And I think that's truly really what any employee really wants, right? Like you don't take a job thinking that you want to go in and not do well and, you know, not like it and not any of that you want to go and take a job based on the research that you've done based on, you know, the interviews mm-hmm. that you've had mm-hmm. based on anything referrals. And at the end of the day, you just want to feel supported, valued and able to contribute mm-hmm. to the best of your ability.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Man, this is good stuff. God, this content is awesome today. So I want to, thanks Karen. That was really good. Uh, I, want, I would like to discuss this more, just a couple more things. Um. So talks about toxicity again. So just to highlight and, that it often thrives in environments that are lacking accountability and respect. But when a workplace encourages accountability, acknowledges mistakes and fosters a culture of mutual respect it helps mitigate toxic behaviors. So question to our listeners, like is your employer committed to constantly improving or are they ignoring issues brought up disrespecting um, and bullying their employees? So If that is, then that's a toxic workplace. So uh, just to piggyback on what Carrie was saying, uh, for a work environment, something really great is to encourage accountability. So great meaning that when a workplace that encourages accountability, individuals take responsibility for their actions and decisions. And this involves holding oneself and others responsible for meeting expectations and delivering on commitments. Um, Accountability promotes transparency. It promotes trust and a sense of ownership, which are crucial elements in preventing and addressing toxic behaviors. And when employees know that their actions have consequences, they are more likely to adhere to the positive behaviors and work uh, and to work collaboratively. One thing, and we're going to touch upon this, um, is acknowledging mistakes. So, I am I am a huge believer of this. I do this all the time. Do I make a lot of mistakes? Can I? I do. But I'm the first person to say um, that, oh, oh, man, you know, I was wrong. I'm the first one to correct myself. I'm the first one to take accountability and own up to it and learn from it. So and when I have managed teams before, uh, my team has actually told me how much they appreciated that and that it actually created a very um, collaborative um, uh, team environment amongst us. Um, now what I also want to point out too, is again, by acknowledging mistakes is that a healthy workplace culture acknowledges that mistakes are a natural part of any professional environment. And when you see that managements are admitting to a mistake and they're acknowledging it, that creates an atmosphere where employees feel comfortable admitting errors without fear of severe consequence. And I think that's key right there. That is key.
1: It goes back to that safety, right? That if we ask people to contribute in dialogue and give their input, but then we either chastise them for them or tell them they're wrong or anything like that, they don't feel very safe. So they're not going to contribute again, Uh right? Uh Regardless. So that you have to have that, you know, Safety to do so without being reprimanded.
2: Absolutely. Because if, if they are, then that employee just shuts down. So um, fostering a culture of mutual respect. Now, mutual respect um, is the foundation of a positive work environment. And it involves treating colleagues, superiors, and subordinates with dignity, regardless of their role or status within the organization. And in a respectful workplace, individuals are, likely to, are like, more likely, pardon me, to communicate openly, collaborate effectively, and value each other's contributions. And this diminishes the likelihood of toxic behaviors such as bullying, harassment, or undermining colleagues. So the next thing that I want to talk about with everybody is mitigating toxic behaviors. And we can do this by actively promoting accountability acknowledging mistakes, and fostering mutual respect, and a workplace creates a culture that is less conducive to toxic behaviors. So toxicity often thrives in environments where blame shifting, avoidance of responsibility, and disrespectful attitudes are prevalent. Um, So mitigating toxic behaviors involves not only addressing individual instances, but also cultivating a broader culture shift that prioritizes positive communication, collaboration and the well-being of all team ma- team members. So what I'm saying in summary is that a workplace that values accountability, acknowledge mistakes, and fosters mutual respect, establishes a foundation for mitigating toxic behaviors. And as these elements contribute to a positive and constructive work environment where individuals feel empowered, supported, and motivated to contribute their best, ultimately creating culture that is resistant to toxicity.
0: Hey, this episode may warrant a second listen, guys. Wow some good stuff that you have covered. Um, listen, if you are out there listening and you're realizing because of all of this incredible info the ladies have shared that you might be in a toxic environment, listen, life is far too short to carry the weight of a toxic workplace. And that much I do know for sure. Send your resumes to info at com and get out of there. As well, if you're an employer looking to be proactive and ensure a positive work environment for your company or your team, please note that uh, the ladies here can help you. VP Workforce Solutions can help you. Go to our website and check out our culture and consulting services. Excellent stuff there. Um, Remember, being aware of these signs and taking the proactive steps, both as an employer and as an employee, uh, to address these concerns can contribute to a healthier and more positive work environment. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for the insight today, ladies. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. Thank you for joining us on this journey into the heart of employment.
1: If you found value in today's discussion or have any questions, connect with us on social media. Your thoughts and experiences are very much welcomed. You can also check us out at www.vpworkforcesolutions.com.
2: Remember, you can always catch up on previous episodes and stay updated on future releases by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining us here on Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. And remember, conversation doesn't end here. Stay inspired. And until next time, keep reaching for your goals.